We are no holds barred this week. Let's pop the top on this. Cue the music. There's a war going down, put your shield and your armor on. There's a war going down, put your shield and your armor on. Pick up your sword, gather your strength from the only one. Pick up your sword, gather your strength from the holy one. What's up, guys and gals? I'm Carl. And I'm Chris. And you're listening to another episode of that Philly Faith Podcast. Where we talk the walk and walk it too. Let's kick us right off, man. Right. Let's just let's just dive right into it. All right, I gotta compose myself because I keep cracking myself up with this one. Oh, okay. That's exciting. <laughs> it don't be. It's not. It's, it's terrible. I'll fake laugh for you. All right, just. right on. <laughs> what kind of car would Jesus drive if he drove a car? Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. A Chrysler Salvation Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> that's real corn dog man. yeah yeah you can thank uh joe madison for that one <laughs> well i don't know if he listens but thank you joe appreciate it got a genuine laugh it wasn't fake right that wasn't a fake laugh right on so it is our no holds barred for march and what that means no holds barred once a month we just take a week to just talk about whatever no agenda no focus point just christian guys talking about whatever we want to talk about, right on. whatever's on our heart, right on. nothing's off limits, politics, gaming, media, yeah, Bible things that from we've been learning, revelations, yeah. anything. Yeah. Right on. So hopefully that's your bag, those of you listening. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop trying to talk over you and wait, wait till you're done. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> I was just getting ready to say, it's just, we're, we're pulling the curtain back on yeah. the real us. That's right what on. No Holds Barred is all about. Awesome. Love it or hate it. Yeah. Probably hate it. Probably. It's probably a really boring last time we ended up talking about SnowRunner for like 10 minutes. <laughs> That's all right. And I'm probably going to do it again. <laughs> so I'm done At with, some my, point. with my intro there. So okay, right on. You were waiting to talk. I apologize. No, no. I, just I got real that. awkward. I, no, I'm really done now. No all right. Idea. I'm yeah, really, I was really done. say, we keep interrupting each other. That's all right. <laughs> well, more I was interrupting you, so it's all good. But what were we going to say? Now I'm sitting here waiting. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Oh, that was it? Yeah. Yeah, because you said hopefully they don't find it boring. Oh, uh, okay. They, they probably did because we did talk about video games. <laughs> and on the outside looking in, SnowRunner is probably one of the most boring video games. It is. If but I like just, it. If you were just watching it. Me, I could watch it. Somebody play it for a long time, but. I can't do that high stress stuff anymore. Yeah, me neither. I have enough stress in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say we've, so Abigail's picked up Minecraft. Oh yeah. I got to tell you how relaxing Minecraft is. It's it's so simple and I don't know why, but we just like she we put it in creative mode and we just go. It's awesome. We might have to hook up on well hook up on Minecraft sometime yeah. then yeah. because Grace has been trying to get me on there for a while. And I played a little bit. I tried to recreate some towns and some other video games I've I've played. Right. For nostalgia. Then I got mad because it was a lot more difficult than they make it look on YouTube. Yeah. And I quit. I never played again. Yeah. So it wasn't real relaxing for me. Right. Well, that's the thing is is it's you, it's all done in, you know, in, in blocks. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's no like half block formations, no nothing. So these guys that, you know, I seen one guy, he made like a whole entire, like one of the, um, 
I want to say one of the crypts from like Skyrim. Yeah. Which you know are massive, right? Mm-hmm. He like recreated the whole entire thing. Man. I can't remember how long they said it took him, but it was like a ridiculous amount of time. I just thought, oh man, that'd be really cool. But then you get on there and it's like, I have trouble making like an eight by eight house. Yeah. How did this guy make a whole entire like temple? Yeah. Or, you know, sanctuary or whatever you want to call it. At some point you realize it's turned into work. Yeah. And I don't play games to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can understand why they do it on YouTube because they're literally getting paid. Right. To play I, video games. I've always had a problem with like the survival genre. It's not, not always my forte. Yeah, I can't get into it. Like, I don't like making something so I can make something, so I can make something, so I mm-hmm. can survive. Like, that's, no, too yep. much work already. <laughs> yep, that doesn't, I don't know, it, it doesn't appeal to me, it never has. Right. On. I have friends that get into it pretty heavy, but it's not for me. Right, I guess, I guess it's because if I wanted to do that, I would just literally go out into the woods and go do that in real life. That's, like, you know, that's where I am in life now. Like, I, you know me, I used to play games all the time. Yeah. All the time. I haven't even, I don't even know if I've powered up my Xbox in the past three, four weeks. Right. Which probably infuriates you because I was one of the lucky ones that got a Series X and I don't even turn the thing on. I could that's probably hawk right. that thing for 1500 bucks. Yeah, you probably could. <laughs> but no, that's all right. But I don't know. I'd rather do outside stuff and right. enjoy the real world. Right. No, it used to be an escape for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, as little of it as you can right now in Missouri, you know, one day it's 70 degrees and the next day it's 28 degrees and snowing. So I will say I (laughs) I do more gaming during the winter when you're stuck inside and there's not a lot else you can do for sure. In the summer, I spend most of my time mowing or doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you're like, I can't wait to get back inside and not have to do all the stuff outside. Yeah. (laughs) I actually played that lawn mowing simulator they put on Game Pass. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better now. Yeah. No. I was a little ashamed at the time, but no, it was winter and I don't know. Yeah, I it did. reminded me of better times. Right. <laughs> I just kept thinking like, I kept waiting for like the nephoria, if you will, to set in of like the fresh mowed grass and uh-huh. you just don't get that. No, you it's don't. I played same. it for about an hour and I couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. I remembered why it reminded me how much I hate to mow. Right. And I don't want to translate that into my, my hobby time. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's some people get like the satisfaction of like the straight line of it, mm-hmm. you know, like, but those are the people that have like no yards. So well, they've, yeah, never, they've never actually had to go out there and do that. So. I get, I get more satisfaction out of that from like farming simulator. Right. But I don't have a farm. So maybe that's why I don't yeah, have to actually why. farm. Yeah. A farmer probably wouldn't play that. Probably not. Well, Mike from Broken Record Ministry kind of mocked. They were talking about SnowRunner. He was like, that's like those guys that play Farming Simulator. I'm like, well, I play that too. Yeah, I do. I so. play that too. So there you go. <laughs> no, there's actually one of the one of the more popular YouTubers that uh, that plays Farm Simulator is actually a farmer. No kidding. Yeah. You'd think you'd get he's enough. A, he's a younger life. guy, yeah. Oh, well, he hasn't done it for 30 years yet. Yeah. Give him some time yeah. and he'll be done with it. Right. I just like it because he like knows what everything is. So mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, you need to do that. Like I had to go like look it up and what I like all the implements and stuff that I had to buy. He's just like, oh yeah, this is what you're going to do. And he goes down there and gets it. And I'm like, man, that'd be nice to have. Yeah. They just know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was having to go through the pages of tutorials they give you in the video game. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know if I want to play a game that requires me to read manuals. <laughs> just 
to figure out how to do the things. <laughs> yeah, he's already done all that in real life. He's read the real John Deere manual, so he knew all about it. But I remember when I was a kid, uh, we had a gaming PC, and I was all about getting Flight Simulator. All about it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. easy. It'd be cool. You can learn how to fly. And my stepdad, he's like, you don't, you don't want to get that. You really don't. He was resistant. He finally let me get it. And man, it had like a, it had a manual the size of the Bible. No exaggeration <laughs> to teach you how to literally fly. Yeah. That's, it was a, an actual simulator. Yeah. It's what I was going to say. That's the software they actually use. And the, yep. when they, when they load it into like the big, like chambers where they were, they actually have like a, like a mock cockpit. Yes. That's the software that they load into that. Yep. Bro, I I never even got to a point in that game where I could taxi onto the runway, oh, yeah. let alone get in the air. Oh yeah, never even that's got like, the plane moving. That's like me in in uh, what uh, in Battlefield. It's like I can't I can't get the helicopter off and out of Battlefield. <laughs> Ain't no way I'm gonna do it in a simulator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would cause problems probably. Right on. What's been on your your mind this week? Oh man, bunch of stuff. Um. You know, I've said it before, you know, and, and I actually wrote it down this time. Ooh. So it, it's been, you know, the three the three things that people are in their life. It's kind of been like a recurring theme of mine. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, for those that haven't been listening. Um, so number one, guaranteed, if you're living on this earth, you're a son or a daughter. Right. right? It's a given. You can't. Can't exist without being born. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, and so the second one is uh, things that people probably will be at some point in their life. And the first in correct order of things that don't always happen, but in the correct order of things, I'm tracking with you is you'll be either a husband or wife. Right. And then the third is you will probably at some point be a father or mother. Right. Right. So there's certain questions that kind of go in, go into those. Um, and they're all, they're all similar to each other. So being a son or daughter, you know, and this, again, this is just like a recurring theme in my head, um, is how do we live a life for our father? Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're a son or daughter, what, what, how do you live that glorifies God? Right. Right. So then, you know, you go to the second one. Um, so, and it's being a husband or wife and the the question comes up of what is your responsibility as a man or woman of Christ to your spouse? And then how do we glorify God in our marriages? Right. Okay. So then you go to this third one. Um, again, it's what is your responsibility as a man or woman of Christ to your children? Mm -hmm. And again, you know, how do we glorify God with raising our children? Some of them are kind of like lead questions, kind of, I think on the surface, they're really easy to answer, but, but when you start kind of diving into things, um, you know, you get down all these kind of rabbit holes, mm-hmm. right? So the, the one I've kind of been concentrating on most is, um, the husband slash father aspect and basically how do I, I've always thought, and more so probably being a, a father figure to my daughter. Um, you know, you always hear, and I'm sure you've heard this as, as, as a father, oh, you know, you better, better watch your daughter. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the boys will be coming around, and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they will, but my daughter will have a firm head on her shoulders. Right. You know, she has an excellent role model in her and her mother, and I plan to be the one to teach her that how she should be treated. Yes, give right? her the best possible start she can have. Right. So, and 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 going into that a little further, and I don't know why this keeps coming up, but it, it just it's kind of a re. <clears throat> reoccurring theme that I've um that I've been that I've been having come up is um the and I'm gonna butcher this word so you're gonna have to help me the objectification 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 there we go all right of the (laughs) of the opposite sex right okay so you know me and me and my family were recently watching a movie and I'm not gonna in the interest of not being starting a big fight about the movie. Right. Um, but it was it was a family based movie, animated, geared towards younger kids. Mm-hmm. And the protagonists, which are the I guess the heroes, right? Okay, good. Got that right. Um <laughs> were 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 young were young females, twelve, thirteen year olds. Okay. okay. And repeatedly throughout the movie, they were depicting these girls objectifying males, other males their age. Beyond beyond just like, oh, he's so cute. You know, I mean, I, I get it. Teenage girls do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But this was like, they were like visual, visually animating them like objectifying so let's put aside the aspect these are children. Right. Right? Yeah, that's issue number one. Yeah. yeah. And you're kind of you're kind of using indoctrination to for that. But two, if the roles had been reversed, this movie would have been blasted all over the internet. Yeah, no doubt. If it had been depicting boys objectifying I day. You, you did great. I'm getting better at that. <laughs> objectifying girls it would have been a totally different scenario. And mm-hmm. I keep seeing that more and more and more in, in movies and literature and social media where it's becoming almost norm for, for it. And, and, and only re- and I brought this up too, because there was another show where, where this, it was kind of geared towards a younger generation. It was actually on, Netflix, kids, Netflix, mm-hmm. and Abigail really likes the show, but the host on the show is a female and there was a hunky male on the, on the show. And I had to turn it off like two thirds of the way through because it was so disgusting the way that she was objectifying him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a, this is a family show. And it's like, and, and so I guess my point is, is that I just, I keep seeing that reoccurring theme. And, and the the reason that I bring it up is I think that plays into, you know, me setting an example for my daughter. Right. Right. If eventually, because I told Abigail, I looked at her and I said, turn that off, turn it off. I don't want to watch this no more. We're watching something else. And her being her age, she's like, okay, dad clicks it off, you know, no big deal. But there's going to come a time where she's going to say, why? 
why? And I'm going to firmly be there because, because this and this and this, right? So it's like taking a stance for things that aren't right, no matter which way they're going, mm-hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, I mean, yeah, I guess what's good for the goose is what's good for the gander, right? If you're, it, you can't have it both ways. It's either wrong right? or it's not. Right. Objectification is wrong or it's not. Mm-hmm. Both ways. Yep. That's, you know, and that's a troubling trend that I see, especially in that particular movement. The the feminist movement is they've pointed, you know, consistently pointed at issues that are problematic. Right. Right. But it's like they're just trying to flip the script mm-hmm. instead of creating true equality. Right. Right. They it's almost like they just want to take the reins of supremacy. Right. And that's not right. You're just you're repeating the sins of the past in reverse. Right. And I, and I will, and I'm glad you brought up, I'm glad you brought up that point. Cause I think, cause I've had discussions about this too with, in, in various aspects, I think the feminist move was hijacked mm-hmm. a long time ago. I agree. And not for the better. It's almost, it's almost putting, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You've got men competing against women mm-hmm. and taking medals from them, taking scholarships from them, taking everything that they've worked for, all the equality that they've worked for, and you're getting it taken away by a biological man. Yep. They were mad, <clears throat> rightfully so, that men were oppressing them and in certain time periods and certain epochs and certain cultures. Mm-hmm. And now they're allowing, I'm not even going to be diplomatic, they're allowing mentally deranged men to attempt to prove that they can be better women than them. Right. How is, how is that helpful right. for empowering women, empowering exactly. girls? I have two little girls. That's not the world I want them to grow up in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I absolutely agree. And, and I kind of, I use this, you know, well, you know, they should be, they should, you know, they should be allowed to compete however they want. Well, then how come you don't ever see a transgender f- female coming into male sports and completely dot decimating mm-hmm. because there's biological differences when you train as a male and then transition to a female versus the other way around. And that's why you it's see science. Yes. And that's why you see them consistently <clears throat> these these transgender athletes consistently focusing on on sports that they have a clear and distinct advantage based upon their biology. Yep. Like swimming like um, weightlifting, like MMA, those mm-hmm. are the those are the sports that they focus on because they know they have an advantage, right. and they can dominate there. Whereas if they competed against other men, most of these athletes are individuals. Like you know, we have examples of swimmers that they were lucky to crack the top two hundred in the nation, right? And they're winning medals against women. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't prove that there's an advantage, I don't know what does. I don't know either. You don't have to creep in here. Yeah, we have a surprise <laughs> guest for you, listeners. This is exciting. That's Ronnie. Late. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were gonna we were gonna call you out for that, but I guess now we can't. Oh, no. He I'm took really it away from us. That's yeah. a good. That's a good strategy. That's how you do it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you sweep in and, and you steal out. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to have you back, Ronnie. It's Ronnie from Broken Record Ministries podcast. It's awesome to have you back on the mic. I'm glad to finally be back. Oh man, it's been too long. Yeah, been way too long. Way too long. So what's what's been going on, man? Um, just put you right on the spot. Lots of things, really. Yeah, but I think. Here lately, for me, it's been the 
boastfulness mm-hmm. part. Like I went through a season of humbleness, but I've always <clears throat> teetered on the line of, is it boastfulness and pride or is it more of doing it because you're allowed to do it? It is a tough balance. It's a really tough balance. That's kind of been on, I'm glad you bring that up, but it's been on my heart a lot. You know, why are we doing the things we're doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? I and think we should always like reflect this, on that. Or like broken records. Like that's always the balance and the teeter because <laughs> I knew myself before. And I'd like to be egotistical and brag or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that was always that fine line that I didn't want to cross mm-hmm. ever. I didn't yeah. even want to come close to that line in the sand that I drew myself. So then it's always like pros and cons that you outweigh in your head. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I yeah, always want to do a good job of what you're doing. Right. Right. And sometimes a direct correlation, that's numbers. So, yeah. You know, that's what you're looking at. But then, you know, you know, like you said, you don't want to get too far on the other side of that, that you're only doing it for numbers. Right? Yes. And you, like I say, it's or it could a, be a, anything. Well, but numbers, my, numbers is the, the last couple of weeks was more like getting it out there, like self-promotion type mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when's self-promotion too much self-promotion, mm-hmm. even if it's trying to do the right thing right like when does that switch flip mm-hmm. what's the line between promoting his kingdom and mm-hmm. and the the calling you have in advancing that kingdom and just promoting yourself right because i think we always have that 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 danger within our heart yeah right that that the the ego is going to take mm-hmm. over right you know what i mean i don't right. think it's bad to be proud of what he has you doing right i don't think it's that's definitely not bad to want to make him proud but it's so easy it's so easy to transition from being proud with of what he's had of what he has you doing to be proud of yourself. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it's tough. And the more of the cuz obviously like for podcast wise, like you need to get it out there. Mm-hmm. Right? So that way more people can listen. But like you guys just like us, like we're not making anything off of it. Right. We just want more people to be more comfortable in their skin and yeah. Right. And know that everybody's equal and messes up and you can come back. It's fine. Absolutely. Well, when he have, you know, when he, when he lays a word on you to share, you want as many people to hear it as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. So, so then the approach is like promoting that. Right. Yeah. So then it's like, do you take out ads? Do you take this or do you, do sponsorship at conferences do you you know whatever Mm -hmm. right and then then you like step back for a minute and be like okay well maybe not because (laughs) you're like plastering everything that you don't like about certain certain things right well i think honestly i think that that self-evaluation is evidence that you know he has you where he needs you to be I think it's a whole purpose of him, you know, spending a lot of time refining you before he ever he ever calls you to do something like that so that you are mindful because right. it's always going to be a danger. You know, yeah. even for the best of us, it's going to be a danger. But he's got to get us to that place where we're walking so closely and intimately with him. Mm-hmm. that We're always mindful of of that threat, right? that threat of ego taking over right? and always inquiring of him. Right. And I think, you know, it's like you said, too, 
we're, we're not making money and we don't have a ton extra to put into it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we, we have the luxury of going to like a media company or mm-hmm. a promoter mm-hmm. and saying, this is what I want to do. R- roadmap me to get there. Right. right. So we're, it's kind of self-promotion is, is the key. Right. Yeah. But then, yeah. Where do you, where do you draw the line between self-promotion and bragging? Right. right? Yeah. Bragging is the right word. I yeah. think. <laughs> I think that's the right word because I think it's it's really easy to to slide into that. You know, look at what I'm doing. Yeah. Look at it. Look at all the great things God's doing for me. I think a lot of rock star preachers fall into that trap. Yeah. To be yeah. honest with you, it yeah. starts off with genuine good growth, and then it turns into look at me. Mm-hmm. Look at all the growth I have. Look yeah. at all the success I yeah. have. God, look at all the things God's doing for me at right. my church. You know what I mean? And it really easily transitions over to boastfulness. Mm-hmm. And, well, and it's like our rescue stories too our own rescue stories, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I always joke that on on the Broken Records podcast that everybody knows mine cuz I say it at nauseum. <laughs> yeah. But to me it's not really a joke to myself. Mm-hmm. Because I like is that self-promoting me? Mm-hmm. Because then when does someone's rescue story get told so much that it's just a tool, a promotion tool type thing? Right. Or a bragging thing, because then it's like I've caught myself plenty of times in the last week of where I'm telling a story and I'm just trying to tell people about Jesus and the podcast and we're all broken. And then it goes to, well, listen to this story that I got or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what good came out of this. And then like I step back and I'm like, okay. Might have went a little too far on that one, <laughs> right. but it's a learning process and it's a never ending learning process. But, you know, for, for me, like specifically, I struggle with that, like with dreams, like the, the, the two or three times that he's put, give me a dream, which mm-hmm. isn't often. It's not like I'm a dream or a prophet. I'm not saying that. And there's the struggle right. because, you know, when he gives you something like that and he presses it on you to, to share, then you're afraid when you do share that you're going to be taken the wrong way or that somebody's going to, going to assume that you're putting yourself on a pedestal right. or that you are boasting about something when that's, that's not it. And it's, you know, it's just a matter of, you just got to rend your own heart. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And really evaluate your own heart. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, it really doesn't matter what other people think about what you're doing. As long as you're sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and yeah. you constantly self-evaluate that. Cause that, that is really important. And you put your fail safes in. Mm-hmm. So then if they are people, then you can send a text and yes. be like, hey, am I off the rails on this one? Right. Am I on right. the rails with this one? Because those fail-safe people need to not be yes people also. Mm-hmm. Be like, mm-hmm. no, you need to step back and look at it like this. Right. right. Or That's why community is so important. You know, I, I tried to walk for so long, faith-wise walk mm-hmm. alone. You know what I mean? Without those fail-safes. Mm-hmm. And that's when the enemy was really able to do a lot of damage spiritually. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so easy for him to lead you, like you said, off the rails mm-hmm. when you don't have anybody being like, hey, man, you might yeah. want to yeah. might want to do a hard check. Yeah, you're about right to walk there. off a cliff, man. You better, mm-hmm. you better turn around. Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Or you have such a problem with this. Maybe it's not their problem. Maybe you're just not looking inward at yourself and you have a problem with Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. because it's a problem for you. Yeah. And I'll be transparent. I, I struggle with that. I struggle with the, like, I know the way things, 
biblically should be done in the body of believers, right? Especially from a leadership standpoint. And I get frustrated when I see it not being done that way. And then it very quickly turns into a pride issue. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like maybe not handling it in the way that I should, maybe not saying the things the way I should, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe in my own mind, set myself on a pedal when realistic pedestal, when realistically I'm probably guilty of the same things could easily be guilty of the same things. If I had the same platform, you know what I mean? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It's it's so that's why we've harped on love and truth. It's gotta be all, all of both. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? All love, all truth all the time. You can't, you, you can't, you can't have one at the expense of the other. Mm -hmm. And that's the air I see most frequently. They're either, you know, they, they, they dive so deep on the love end that they think they have to compromise on this truth to make people feel loved. Mm Mm-hmm. Or they get so intent on on the fullness of his word and the commandments, things like that, that they get really ugly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've walked on both ends of that. Mm-hmm. So I know how dangerous that is and how easy it is to fall prey to it and how hard it is to recognize it when you have fallen prey to it. Because you'll genuinely believe that you are doing the loving thing and the, and the truthful thing. You'll delude yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to break that self-delusion. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think you can do it on your own. The only way you can is if he steps in. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got to bring you to a rock bottom mm-hmm. moment, which is the point right. of our hardships, I think, is to bring us to that rock bottom moment where all we can do is look up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where, you know, we can't see anything but the problem we've created for ourselves and the solution, which is him. Right. And everybody's rock bottom's completely different. Absolutely. Absolutely like right. Your rock bottom, Carl, might be different than mine. And mm-hmm. same with Chris. Yeah. One person's yeah. might be a very physical hardship another person's may be completely inward mm-hmm. you know one person's rock bottom on the outside they may look fine yeah you know but inside they may be struggling with all kinds of turmoil yeah. and pressure mm-hmm. because he knows that's the only way to reach him is that inward pressure right yep before we move on to the conference thing there was something you wanted to talk to ronnie about wasn't there Uh-oh. oh yeah yeah so no it's nothing bad <laughs> nah, it's all good <laughs> so i mean so we kind of talked about it I can't remember. It was right around the same time where I was listening to Broken Records and you were, it was the episodes about planting seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, a very good episode. And then, so we talked about shortly after that about planting seeds here. And um, so I kind of come from a gardening background. My dad was a gardener and forced me to do <laughs> to, do, <laughs> to a certain point. I liked doing it up until I figured out it was work and it was terrible. <laughs> when most people right. stop liking things. Yeah, I like got it. No matter what it is. No matter yeah. what. I'm like, hey, I'm not getting paid for this labor that I'm doing. So. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I kind of, I, I always hear, you know, people say, um, you know, I, I planted the seed and then, you know, they come back and, or they don't come back. And, then, you know, we assume that that just went to, you know, that that plant went to fruition. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's always planting seeds and all oh, this person, how many seeds were planted in my head before the plant finally grew. But I always think about, you know, what if we need to look out for situations where we're not exactly planting a seed, but yet we're transferring the plant from one pot to the next, like a transplant, like yeah. a transplant. Right. So like you might not have planted the seed, but you might've been put in somebody's life to help transition them into another portion of their life right right yeah i think that's i just kind of get your opinion on that is it like is it all seeds planting all the time or do we need to is is it important for us to look for those situations 
I think. I mean, this question, is me but, personally, but right. like those situations matter too, because that's the second part of the planting of the seed. Like you might not see it grow to fruition as to where you yourself, Chris, have planted the seed somewhere and you didn't see it get to grow. But I came along and then there it is and it's grown. So then that's where you transplant it to wherever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So that, yes, same, same scenario, but right. I think it's the second part that we don't think about a lot. Mm-hmm. We as in me, I'm guilty about that too, because you're wanting to plant that seed. You're wanting to spread the gospel out there, but somebody we meet might've already had that seed planted and they just need to be their leaves trimmed and put in a different window to get more sunlight. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so exactly that's the right. follow up. As the, as the, as you know, and that's just how it works as the plant grows, you know, it's going to outgrow the pot it's in. Yeah. Right. So you need to move it from one pot to another. And I, I really think it's the difference between converting somebody who's not a believer or reconverting somebody who fell away mm-hmm. and discipling somebody who is a believer. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the seed, the seed planting is for, to me, would be for non-believers. Right, people that need to be brought into that that first step of belief, but the transplanting process, I think, is I, I think that could describe the process of ongoing discipleship. Right, right. I always looked at discipleship as like pruning. Like yeah. If you come across like a mess of a plant, yeah, and you're like, oh man, this is so like because you know you could have somebody throwing tons of seeds, and that person's just sprouting in all different directions. But if you come in and you snip out the ones that they, you know. The mm-hmm. places that need to be snipped, give a little water, a little bit of love, and then it goes ahead and blooms. Right. Full, and, you know, full on grows at that point. Yeah, so, I like that. I like that analogy, kinda, too. That's, I don't know. I just They can both be right. Yeah, yeah. right on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's a sit, certain, sit, just like in gardening, certain situations call for either repotting or pruning. or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I um, think that's, you know, that's just where we need to be mindful of the person in front of us and what they need. Yeah. Right. And that, that comes Listen to through. the room. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. That comes to, to gaining rapport with that person and getting to know them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think the, the mistake we too often make is we're just, we're so focused on just spouting Bible quotes at them. Mm-hmm. Right. And cause that's what we, you know, that's what planting seeds just got to, you know, believe in Jesus. Jesus, Jesus does this. Jesus does that. The father says this. That's great. I'm not saying that's wrong. Don't get me, don't, don't mistake what I'm saying, what I'm saying here, but you got to get to know the person. Right. right. You know, what good does throwing Bible quotes at somebody do if you don't know where they're really at, like what stage they're at? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think we need to know where they are to understand what they really need. Yeah. And, and you know, to be to have the information required to know what steps you need to take with them. And the, right? and the repotting might not even come from the person who helped with the seed. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you grew up with somebody their whole life and you were one way and they were a different way. So you believed and they didn't believe, but you guys had a mutual friend who did believe. And then you stopped and walked away or not. I know that's harsh, right? The stopping and walking away (laughs) part, but because you're so close, like they might not even listen anyways. And besides the third person that comes and be like, look, this is, what I have done or what Jesus has done in me or mm-hmm. whatever, whether you say it, whether you show it, however it goes. And then that might speak more volumes than what the person that was actually trying to do. 
Mm-hmm. And then, then later on down the road, then like the three be- can become one then there because mm-hmm. then they're all in the same spot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that kind of highlights, you know, the underlying, I think that highlights why it's important to seek his guidance on whatever you're doing, because mm-hmm. at some points he's going to tell you you're done here. Right. What right. what I have you to do, what I have for you to do for this person is finished. You need to walk yeah. away. It's hard to do. You can over to to a that. plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Absolutely. like we're using plants, but use toddlers like the parent. Yeah. Right. And you say, no, no, no. And then they go to their grandparents' house and then they can get whatever they want. Right. But, right. But that's just the form of that relation. The, two dynamics of the relationship for the toddler mm-hmm. or the, the child, no matter what. Yeah. And that's the same way with us, right. with him. We deny, 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 pout, kick and scream on the floor, whatever scenario you want to. And then he's like, no, you're going to throw a tinder tantrum. It's fine, but I'm going to get you a different way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is that all you had for that? Yeah. Awesome. I thought you were calling me out. No, no, no. It's the first time you're back, so guess what? You said this on this episode, and it's wrong. (laughs) No, no, no. No, it's just, you know, the the plant and the seeds kind of got me thinking about, you know, you know, there's plants can only grow. There's some plants that can, like goldfish, only grow as big as their pot is, right? So Mm -hmm. at some point in time, sometimes you need to, take that plant, you know, if it's a somebody that's planted a seed and that person's never been to church, maybe your repotting is, hey, come to church. Right. So now that person's mm-hmm. taken out of that environment where they can no longer grow, they're put into a new one where they can grow to a certain point. And then, you know, then it might be somebody in that church that says, you know, hey, you've been coming to church a couple of times. Why don't you come to our Bible study? Right. And then, then so you just keep repotting that into a bigger pot to mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just I'm I'm very like I don't know. What's the word when you like connects connect two things together that don't really know go together? Is there a word for that? Uh I don't know. I don't know. I'm a ve- I, I don't know. I'm a very like scenario driven person. Like right. this is like this or this is like this and that just kinda got me thinking of yeah. like analytical. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's yeah. the word. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend I know what that means. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sarah can send you a private message. And right on. <laughs> so, for those of you listening, recently we went to a conference nearby. It's actually Columbia, Missouri. It was a men's conference with several speakers. They had Coach Skip Hall was there, uh, Michael Porter Sr. was there, but most notably it was Tim Tebow. That was how they sold me on it. I wouldn't have went otherwise, probably, I'll be honest with you. I Nah, I would have. If you'd asked me to go, I would have went. Uh, and the truth comes out. That's all, check tape. That's all. It was, yeah. it was mostly Tim Tebow. But really? It was. There was a lot of it, he. Because that's was not, a lot of Tim Tebow. Well, that's funny because <laughs> even though I went to this conference in the past, like he, even though he was the keynote speaker, that's not what got me. So I was really? just. It's just which. I guess it's the typical answer. I guess not without like that's what he's there for is to get people in so what was you know what's funny about it and i was going to mention this too you know first off the reason i'm i'm giving that little intro is i want to get your guys takes on your pros and cons for it you know just broadly speaking and then you know what spoke to you at the conference the most but it's funny because it it was mostly tim tebow that interest interested me i'm not going to say that's the only reason i went i would have went either way because i enjoyed the i enjoyed it but that was what interested me the most Mm -hmm. is what jumped out at me 
But and his speech was great. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think his is what spoke to me the most. I think there were actually two guys that I could point to that spoke to me more than he did. I I I concur. I like you said. I he was he his. What he had to say was very good, and I got a lot of it. But the the one that when I heard when I heard the name and the occupation, I thought, "There's no way I'm going to get anything from this guy." Yeah, Dan Mears. <laughs> yeah, yep. Dan Mears was awesome. Yeah, yeah. about that. He's the uh, for those of you listening, he's the the guy behind the wolf at the Kansas City Chiefs. <sighs> oh, you got the coin. Yeah, nice. he sold coins. That was cool. Because that's yeah, yeah. He's the mascot for the KC Chiefs. But yeah, mm-hmm. but. But like I say, I wanted to get your all's take on on pros and cons for it, if there were any cons. Um, but what you got out of it, you know, what spoke to you the most, your highlights. Thought it'd be kind of a fun discussion to have since it's still fresh in our minds. Right yeah. on. So yeah. I'll start with you, Chris. Right on. So I mean, oh, you got notes. I did. I, are you proud? Are you proud? I got I got <laughs> notes, but they're really garbled. So I don't know. But we'll see how this Before goes. you go, that yeah. Is this the first time you've attended this conference? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. yep. It's first the first time. time I've attended any Christian conference. Okay. Ever. Yeah. So. I I'd say that I'd probably say that's probably safe safe for me too. Okay. Um, especially a men's conference. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so I mean it was it's really neat to see that many that many men in in one area all there for the same purpose of glorifying him. Like right. That's mm-hmm. And learning and learning more about how to do that, right. you know, fellowship with with that and on that on that scale is, you know, sometimes I think we, you know, especially coming from rural towns, where you know at max capacity, you know, churches are five hundred, you know, but generally the average church is a hundred to one hundred and fifty people, right, right, and, and that's everybody, kids included, and everything. But when you see what was it fifteen to sixteen? Sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that one guy said one thing, and one, so yeah, sixteen hundred men in one in one room. I mean, that's there was an powerful. atmosphere there. Yeah, there was an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah it was powerful. So um, I don't know. I mean, I can't really point to one specific person that. I mean, I got more out of one maybe than the other, but there's a couple of like overarching themes between mm-hmm. that I thought was really interesting between all of them. And it was first that most of the men, and I don't say most of the men, all of them could point to a situation where they took the focus off of themselves or what they were trying to accomplish and turned their focus on God. Yeah. And that's when, a good takeaway. And when and and kind of when they started doing that that's when things turned around for him yeah. and they kind of got, they kind of got elevated to the, and, I, and I'm terrible with names. Um, but the, the young man that was part of the, uh, the movie, John Smith. Yeah. Like from the movie breakthrough. Right. Those so, of you listening. yeah. So even when he spoke of like directly afterwards, um, coming out of it and, and questioning God and, being mad at him like the first thing he did was go right to why did you do this to me mm-hmm. but not then, to cut you off just right. for, to, for those of you listening that don't know his story he drowned okay when he, when yeah. he was a kid was he say, fell through, help a little bit yeah just so they have some background he <laughs> yeah. fell through ice and he he drowned 
and and I encourage you to watch the movie Breakthrough. It's pretty it's pretty awesome. And they said that it was fairly accurate for yeah. the most part, like ninety percent, ninety percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were a couple little things, but nothing major. But he had a miraculous recovery, miraculous recovery, and there's no explanation for it but God. Yeah, but God. Period. Right. It was miraculous, one hundred percent. So go mm-hmm. ahead. I apologize. Yeah. No. So then you know then it. Um you know, so then after that, he was questioning God and he's kind of mad at him for, cause he got all this publicity and all this media and, and, you know, like, why would you do this to me? I didn't mm-hmm. want this. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, he heard vo- God's voice a couple of different times. It says, why are you running from me? Yeah. I, he, I remember that. And he said, and I, I think his quote was, okay, God, whatever you got for me, I'm going to do it. And then that's when everything started turning around for him. Mm-hmm. Even after that traumatic experience, you know, it took him, it took him years after that to finally go, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, when he said that, I'll be honest with you. When he, when he told that story, I wrote it down. But the first thing I thought of was your take on Jacob wrestling with God. I asked mm-hmm. you, I think it was in our first episode of Philly faith podcast. Yeah. And I asked you why you thought he wrenched his hip out of place. And your response was, so he wouldn't run from him anymore. So he couldn't run from God anymore. Right. That was like, honestly, that was the first thing that jumped into my mind when he told that story. Right. I just thought that was a really cool connection. Yeah. Yeah. John Smith will not be able to hide anywhere. He's too, he's famous now. Mm -hmm. Right. So he can't hide. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying that's why God did it to him. I'm just saying that's the correlation there. But I will say, since you brought him up, he had one of my favorite lines the entire conference because he was talking about, how he's the only one there that's not really a celebrity. Everybody else there is pretty famous mm-hmm. in one way or another, but him, right? The only the only thing that makes him famous really is the movie, you right. know, about his about his story. And he said, "The only thing special about me is what God's done for me." Man, right. that hit mm-hmm. that hit real hard. I loved that line. Mm-hmm. That was so good. That was so good. Sorry. Yeah. yeah no. And that's and that's kind of what you know. So, you know, there's that overarching theme of, of, you know, that, that they, you know, they turn from what they were, um, they turn from their own particular, you know, hobbies or whatever on the side and turn their focus back on God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in this, all of the, I, I, and I don't know why this spoke to me, but I think it's because of, you know, what we've been talking my my overarching themes of, you know, the three things that you'll be, um, is every single one of them talked about their wives and their kids. They did, didn't at they? A, at a men's conference mm-hmm. that all, they, and not only did all of them mention their wife and kids, I think three of the four of them ardently praised their wives, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be the men that they are without their wives. I think it's funny that people often point to Christianity as misogynistic and like really male orientated. The Bible just puts that, it, you know, puts women in their place. And I'm like, how can you say that when it, it literally everything points to an equal partnership with a woman? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, a man is called to be a leader of the, of his house, but it kind of goes with what Tim was talking about was we're encouraged to, as men to uplift our families, right? To uplift our wives and to uplift other men. Right. 
And that's kind of why I'm just thinking, I'm like, it's ludicrous to me to think that people think that Christian men want to put women in their place. Like I don't like at a men's conference, mm-hmm. 1600, 1600 men. I, I have a problem with saying hundred and thousand. I get those mixed up. <laughs> I always say 16,000 men. It's like, no, well, nope. 1600 yeah. <laughs> in a room. And, and the four of the five speakers talked adamantly about their wives mm-hmm. and how their life was shaped by their wives. Just it's astounding to me. Yeah, it's awesome. I have some. I have some other ones, but I'll let the uh, I'll let Ronnie go. All right. Do you want me to go, or do you want to go? Since it was um, your also first Christian conference. Well, I will say there were a couple. To the to the topic of overarching themes, because there's there's one specific one specific takeaway that I want to save closer closer to okay. the end of our discussion on it. And it's not like a huge big thing, but I just think it's really powerful. But the the power of hardship. Because it's something we've talked about on the podcast recently, is it was either last week or the week before, but how God uses hardship for his purposes. Mm-hmm. And m- most of those guys there, not all of them, but you know, two of the more powerful stories there were built upon ser- serious severe hardship. And I'm talking Dan Mears mm-hmm. with his injury that should have killed him. You know, he mm-hmm. fell, what, 75 feet. Mm-hmm. He was uh, zip, zip lining in mm-hmm. to a stadium and it broke mm-hmm. and he fell 75 well, feet. Well, it didn't break. It didn't break? No, it had like extra feet of slack. Oh, okay. So the bungee, the bungee, the bungee team... Yeah. Didn't didn't account for the slack and the slack line. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, okay. Yeah. So okay. he fell the seventy five feet, and then bounced back up and finished the ride. I see. And it busted him up real good. Mm-hmm. It you know broke ribs and everything. And at one point he had talked about how the doctor said that you're lucky to be alive and you'll be even luckier to walk again. Right. Is basically what the doctor said. And of course mm-hmm. we know it wasn't luck. It was right. it was miraculous, but just the the turnaround. You know what I mean? Like how that led him closer to God and in, in a in a in a more intimate, deeper relationship with God. And the same for John Smith. You know, him mm-hmm. him having his near death experience and his miraculous his death experience realistically and his yeah. recovery, it it brought him to God. That's what God used to bring him to him. And we had talked mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get too deep into the weeds on that, but we had kind of talked about, you know, does God design hardships? And we had both kind of landed on, no, he just uses them. And, you know, I even talked to to my wife about that. And she's like, I think I disagree with that. She's like, I, I think he does design hardships. I think if if a hardship specifically tailored to you is the only thing that's going to lead him or lead you back to him. She's like, I think he will design them. And after listening to those guys talk, it kind of changed my mind. To be honest with you, I, I think he will design hardships like that, especially when it can bring that individual closer to him. And he can use that individual to plant seeds or replant people. Right. repot people to to draw them closer to God too and clearly to my to my mind that's exactly what God has done through through Dan and John mm-hmm. right. is he's used those hardships to create a very very powerful testimony that wouldn't have existed without the hardship that was a, a, a real key takeaway for me it's just as an overarching theme of the conference mm-hmm. and of course you know the importance of love mixed with truth I got a lot of that yeah out of out of a lot of the themes like how how do we act out our love right that was like the most important takeaway from Tim Tebow's speech to me was being actionable about our love. Right. You know, how important it is to actually do something about what we feel or what we see. Right. Right. I would say, I, I think maybe, <clears throat> maybe this is because I'm on 
still on the other side of the fence. Uh-huh. I'm not a hundred percent committed to the, to the hardships stance, but I actually wrote, it says, you know, my notes say, why does it take such extreme circumstances for most people to make that turn? Most of the mm-hmm. time, most of the time stories involve an extreme circumstance like that or near death experience or, you know, losing a loved one or something like that, that, that like, why do we, I think it's just our human nature to fight mm-hmm. against it, but it's, I but, didn't have one. What? I didn't have an extreme one. Right. Really. Right. I mean, it's not like my wife was going to divorce me if I didn't go to church with her on her birth or for her birthday wish. I mean, right. Realistically, it's just, I was adamant and no, no, no type thing. I'm going to make right. an excuse here. Like I can't go for an hour because the grass is going to grow taller. I got to mow it now. Right. But yeah, I think majority of the people, there is that shaking, mm-hmm. that heavy rock bottom shaking. I guess maybe that's probably what, probably what I probably should have put in my notes is maybe not an extreme circumstance, but why does it take a shaking? Because I think this is me in my opinion, but I think we're stubborn. And the only way to get our attention is to shake us to our core Mm -hmm. sometimes. Right. And so if you think about it, a lot of the times when we pray, it's either to help us get out of a situation or to praise. There's mm-hmm. no, right for, for most people. There's no in between. Right. There's no relationship. Thing. There is. There's there. no, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. just asking or saying thank that you. That comes with the maturity part. I think you know. Before I answer, I will apologize. There's going to be some background noise and some background talking and stuff in the other room. There's a, they're having a Bible study. I apologize for that to those of you listening. But I think, you know, we always say that we're born into sin, which is true, right? We're not, we're not directly created like Adam was. We're born of Adam who fell. Chris, Chris, Chris. Sorry. That noise was him hitting the mic stand. <laughs> <laughs> I think what that really means is that we're born aligned naturally by default aligned toward rebellion mm-hmm. right we're, we're just naturally inclined in that direction toward rebelling and we have to be reminded we have to be reminded of our love for the one who ultimately made us right and when we're already inclined toward walking away from him i think it takes a shaking to remind us of where we should be walking a and i also think that shaking leads to his opportunity to rescue us and I think the rescue itself is 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 him showing us how much he loves us so that we can learn that through experience, why we should love him back. Because it takes it takes that experience, right, to truly fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of make sense, what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to just be told you should love him. But he takes the time out of his own love for us to show us why we should love him mm-hmm. by rescuing us from ourselves, essentially. You know, you know, that's a different kind of shake. Like we're talking, you know, with John Smith and Dan Mears, those were, you know, serious catastrophic injuries. You know what I mean? That's a little bit different, but I think, you know, especially with John Smith, he was not only aligned toward rebellion, but diving headlong into 
you know, careening off a cliff yeah. by his own admission. And mm-hmm. I think on the same token, with that extreme experience comes those moments, right? Like everything is a moment. So with our free will, just like turning to him could have turned away from him even further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was funny. We had a, the, the, the guy that I rode with, we had a conversation about that on the way home. Like if, if John Smith hadn't made the decision to say, okay, God, whatever you got for me, I'm going to do. And just kept ignoring that. Why are you running from me? Like you said, he was, he was careening towards a cliff, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like what, like he could have in his free will said, I'm just, I hear you, but I'm not listening and kept right on going. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. So before we transition to our the the final little topic on on a discussion that I wanted to hit on, and this is no holds bar, it's supposed to be completely right. un, unhindered, but I've got a little bit of something at the end. Go ahead. All right, one little thing, and I don't know if we've if you guys have talked about this or if we have talked about this, but do you remember how he said John Smith said it was it was forty days from the time that he was admitted to the time he was walking out? Has has anybody ever hit on that? I missed that. You missed that? I'm pretty sure he said it was 40 days from the day he was admitted to the to the day he was walking out. Full recovery. Full recovery. Like he left. Okay. He left before I don't know that. that. Right. But his full recovery was, was 40. 40 days. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Right. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. I have. Well, I surprised I have you. That in my notes, actually. I surprised. Yeah. I have it right there. Forty days. I must I thought, have. Been- I, would, I took so many I notes. Think I think sometimes notes. I missed something yeah. from while I was writing something else down. And I was so I like, how that. did, I wonder if, I'm like, I am more than positive that has already been brought up. But it just, wow. it like hit me like a ton of bricks. But I didn't notice it until he brought it up because the timeline sped up in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that might be part of the 10%. It's not accurate because right. I had to speed up the timeline process but that was pretty yeah i caught that to you okay what's awesome to me is when we had our discussion in our episode uh it was love and truth slash the rule of 40 where we talked about that 40 that 40 principle in scripture Mm -hmm. i even said at one point that i believe that the 40 days represents that process getting us toward that breakthrough moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's literally what they call that movie is breakthrough that's that's yeah. pretty astounding to me that it was yeah. a literal 40 day experience leading to his breakthrough. And, and I Unreal. say this, if we hadn't, a, and, and that's the thing too, is if all the things hadn't lined up that we did that podcast on that day, we might've missed that talking about that. And I would have completely glossed over that, that point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Confirmation, right? Right. Yeah. There's so like, many of them too. Things that I got out of the conference. Yeah. That was going to be my next, my next, my next question. We're specific. No, you were going to go over. You no. were glossing over me. No, I was no, I was not done with the conference yet, <laughs> okay. my friend. You're not the MC here. <laughs> Save that for broken record. I was going to ask for specific takeaways. Specific takeaways that 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 you found impactful at the conference. Not overarching themes so much, but okay. specific takeaways. Yeah. Unless you're, did you have overarching? That's right, because you didn't answer yet. Because you, I tried to get you to answer, then you shifted back to me. I see what happened. I was going to say. So it was really kind of your he fault. He tried to deny it. It's always yeah. my fault. But. Yeah, he tried to deny it, but then he came so, full circle no, and was like, oh, I did this. No, we, <laughs> so give your answer, and then we'll go into the specific takeaways. Okay. 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 Um, no, the overarching theme, I think, is what they 
wanted it to be the encouragement and the truth part of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was loud and clear. And mm-hmm. they did a yeah, really good, really good job of that. The each speaker in their own way, whatever their own encouragement or their own truth was, like it always led back to him. Right. So I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, to jump on the sidecar with you, I've seen Tim Tebow before at a youth conference. Mm-hmm. And I liked him at this conference, but I really enjoyed him at the youth conference more. He might be more geared towards speaking toward two youth than adults. And yeah, maybe I could see that. And I, cause I think more than like he went into more details about things that were, he got blasted about that are now socially acceptable mm-hmm. that there. Mm-hmm. And then the empowerment of God in his life with his stats on certain things and the backlash that he took from changing his eye, his Bible verse, eye makeup or his eye black. Right. Cause for those might not know, I don't know, but he played, he was a quarterback at Florida and he, on his eye black, he put John on one and three sixteen on the other. And then he wore that throughout his whole senior year, I'm going to say. I might mm-hmm. be wrong, so... I think you're right. Don't quote me on that. No, I'm pretty sure you're right. And then the big bowl game, he wanted to change it to Philippians 5.12, maybe, because it meant something to him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just wearing John 3.16, because, like, that... Like, my like a favorite... trademark. Yeah, like, right. my favorite Bible story is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Like, his favorite verse... Is John three sixteen not just because it's a bumper a bumper sticker verse or whatever, and I thought he was going to go into that at this conference actually mm-hmm. because he he glossed over it a little bit because he kept saying so he loved the world and love yeah mm-hmm. and which he did before so then he got more backlash for changing it because in college football everything's superstitious. So if you change that Bible verse, then, or whatever you had on your eye black, right. then, you know, that changes the whole outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But, and then, so then he talked about like, um, that game, everything was yardage wise, time of possession. The whole thing was some form of three, one, six like total yards per carry it was three yards point one six right mm-hmm. like total possession time of the whole game was 31 minutes and or 31 minutes point six or you're talking about you that game that? against the yeah. Steelers in the playoffs yeah well that was the second time this was so it's happened twice to him yes oh I didn't know that yeah so then it happened later when he was in the NFL and then, so what happened to him while he was in college also? Yeah. That's wild. I, that I didn't know. Yeah. So he hit on that and the more powerful part of the at the youth conference than he did here. And I really liked his message, but I'm aligned with you guys. Like, Casey Wolf was one of my favorites, and John was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And the reason why John was one of my favorites was because he more talked about 
being broken. I right. guess. So it spoke mm-hmm. to you specifically. Yeah, but it was more of the because he could have easily came to the conference and talked about the movie and everything that assumingly everybody knows because they've watched the movie because or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he talked about the not so good part. Like he just let it all out on the line. Yeah. And the young man's 21. So is that how young he is? I thought he was yeah. a little bit older. That's oh, yeah. Man, yeah. he did such a good job then. Yeah. So he did like, such a good job. Yeah, and one of his things was who are you holding up? And who's holding you up? So, again, like that was talking about fail-safes or encouragement, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it. And then, uh, yeah, the forgiveness part, ironically, you know, that's going to be an upcoming episode of Broken Records. So, yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's just confirmation after, like, maybe it was me trying to look for it. I don't know, but how he spoke to me. And even... Like the Skip Hall guy? Yes. Like, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. But I thought he was one of the better ones. Like, yeah. he was. He just sat there at the table and talked. Mm-hmm. He wasn't all over the place. He didn't have funny slides. He didn't have a movie out. He wasn't as famous right. as Tim Tebow. I'm sure he was to older gentlemen. Because he's like a Hall of Fame college coach, but... Mm-hmm. Like to me, I, I didn't really, I didn't experience him as a college coach, so I didn't know. But yeah, it's it's it was great for me to come in, being there before, and not so narrow minded as I'm there for Tim Tebow, or I'm there for Matt Chandler. I feel attacked. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like because before yeah. I would have came in only excited for one speaker. Mm-hmm. And brushed the rest of them away. Yeah. And I got something out of everybody that spoke. Yeah. Like we didn't talk about Michael Porter Sr. Right? Like I loved his approach. I did too. Like the 70s coffee house clapping the fingers approach. Yeah. Yeah. I I almost, yeah, I said on the way out, I was like, the way he presented almost, it almost felt like slam poetry to me. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Skip Paul, Skip Hall gave me my most important takeaway, but I think my favorite speaker was Michael Porter. Really? Personally, yeah, I yeah. think I got the most out of out of just what he was saying. It it spoke to me yeah. more than yeah. the rest of them did. Not that the rest of them didn't in, in in a way. Yeah. You know, I you know, there was something that God had for me with every every one of them on the stage realistically, right. even the ones like you said, you mentioned Skip Hall. I almost put my notebook away thinking I'm probably not going to get anything out of this. I right. could just go to the restroom or something and be good and then I'm like, "Oh man, I'm just I'm enraptured by what this guy's saying." Well, mm-hmm. that's like I had to make time to go out to the vendors cuz I know that there was a couple things that I wanted to pick up. Like the coin for for example that Dan Mears had. Mm-hmm. because that's me like i need that self reminder to wake up and shine and not wake up and whine <laughs> right because mm-hmm. i'm the glasses half empty guy right mm-hmm. so i i wanted to go out and get that and then i knew fred perry who is one of the main people he always re- he wrote a couple of books and i knew that i had walking with james and walking with ephesians and that he was working on walking with rome romans <clears throat> but I didn't know he had walk in with Matthew too. So like I right. knew I needed to go out there and get that. Right. But unlike the last couple of times, like 
I didn't want to leave my seat. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't want to, I couldn't find time to, <laughs> you know, Oh, well this speaker is going to be a bathroom break or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I didn't, plus I was in the middle of an aisle, so <laughs> I didn't want to get out and bother people either. Yeah. You know? Right. So no, I, I, I did my shopping on, on the way to lunch. Like I was like, literally like throwing money on tables, taking books as I was going. Cause I, yeah, you're right. I couldn't find, I didn't even have lunch. Right. Like, I didn't even get in line. Like, I was overstimulated, I think, just by being that sponge and soaking it in. Mm-hmm. And not so mm-hmm. much that there's 1,600 people around me, anxiety type stuff. Right? right. It was just that I was fulfilled and exhausted all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That I just wanted to sit in my auditorium seat. And just breathe for a couple minutes. Yeah. yeah. I almost did the same thing because it was exhausting because there were so many like there were and I wrote it down. I wrote it down in all caps in my notes. Every time, every time somebody said something that was almost word for word, something that had been on my heart or in a discussion that we had that, that I had with somebody just days before. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote that down probably eight different times that something was hit on precisely. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, wow, this is just unreal. Like yeah. only mm-hmm. God could design a coincidence like this. You know what I mean? That there's no, and you both almost, <laughs> and you both almost bailed. Now, <laughs> here's the thing about that. I felt, I feel like I was being tested. Yeah. In a sense of, are you going because a friend asked you to, and yeah. it's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Or are you going because you want to go, learn about god like you is it is it is it yeah i get it basically is it is it friend centered or yeah. is it is it a pri- yes to appease or a yes to please yes there you yeah. go and then and then once you know once i i made the decision to call and say all right guys i can't go almost immediately situation resolved go like it was almost like are you willing to like disappoint friends mm-hmm for something that I'm calling you to do. And then once that I did, then it was, yeah. it was right back on. Like I said, I won't get into it, but it was a family issue and family has been really heavy on my mind. Mm-hmm. So I think that was kind of where, you know, at that point it was, just, it was a test. And I almost hated to like turn around so quickly and text you guys back and go, Oh, Never mind. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Should play yeah. it off as a joke. Well, yeah, yeah but then, kidding. yeah, but then I was because I was like, man, these guys are going not going to go which way I'm coming from, and they're probably thinking, yeah, we'll see on the day of. He doesn't show. Yeah, yeah we can't can't count on this clown coming. Which I no, mean, that wouldn't have been a thought. You know, no. like you said, extreme anxiety. I mean, that's 1,600 people. That's yeah. a lot of people for me, and I'm kind of glad we were off to the side kind of tucked in a little corner i mean mm-hmm. like i think it i don't know i can't, I can't say it. i i'm afraid i might not have got as much out of it if we'd have been front and center as as i did because it took me i could i felt like it took me a while to kind of go oh yeah god, yeah god's here yeah, yeah. don't yeah. drown this out and right put the even, towel over your head and not listen to anybody. Right. Well, even, even I got an even bigger connection when, because you know, we were standing or sitting right in front of the screen. Mm-hmm. When I stopped looking at the screen and actually started looking at the stage, because if we were close enough that we could, yeah. you know, I got more out of, out of that 
when I refocused on the actual person than I did the screen, which is weird, but yeah, I sidebarred you. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I tried to skip you. I'll be, I'll <laughs> yeah, own up see, to it. I tried to skip I right pulled over that you. Uno card out. Like, <laughs> can't skip me. Can't skip. So specific takeaways, like, like actual f- moments, like your, your favorite quote, your, your favorite teaching from it. What did you, if you can point to one or two things that you got out of it that were impactful to you. Um, you're, I have looking, you're looking at me like I'm going first. You so are going I'm just first. assuming. Yeah, you're right. going first. So I I listening to you guys talk, I realized and I've and I've always known this, I have a really bad problem with names. You can literally tell me your name <laughs> and I will say, Hey, you know, you know, and literally five minutes later I'm like, Hey man. <laughs> hey buddy hey buddy <laughs> too embarrassed to ever ask again you yeah, just never call him yeah, my name ever yeah again. like ever i'm like this guy just told me his name i can't tell him i've already forgot it <laughs> so so the the kc mascot yes. you know, dan mears dan mears thank you he said something that that kind of stuck out with me and it's um and i think it's kind of goes along with our with our does he design Theme. hardships yeah hardships of i started really he said and i can't remember the exact exact moment or exact quote but it was basically there's no accident in scott there's no accidents in god's plan there's just incidences in god's plan and that kind of it kind of came resonated like there's no there's no accident that got us to there there's no you know, there's no accidents. There's just incidences. It's all part of a decisive, intricate web of coincidences, air quotes, if you will, if you will, to get us there. And then um, Tim Tebow's. And you're gonna have to help me with the with the words. So he so he went over agape love, but the the actionality of love, adope. What he, what was it? Like that right. was the difference between one's a verb and one's, one's a action. verb and one's a noun. Yeah, yeah noun. right. Yeah. And and to make sure that we're not just living agape, but living the verb, showing our love. Mm-hmm. Because and it seems counterintuitive, but it goes along with my overarching theme of real men love. Yeah, I have no problem looking across this table. I love you, man. Yep. I love you. You know what I mean? Why'd you tell him first? Because I just told you I love you last week. <laughs> I said man, because I know his name. And I was making a joke. <laughs> um, and I had another one, but my notes are kind of squabbly. Um, but basically, it it was we as men, and this I know it's a men's conference, so. Sorry, it's kind of the overarching theme is we need to stop competing with each other and lifting each other up because that's that's how we're going to lead our families and our faith back to where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Is it Tim Tebow you're referencing? Mm-hmm. There was a point where he said, "Imagine how much impact we could have if we stopped competing with each other over platform and popularity and success and started competing with each other on brotherly love." Yeah, that was one of the most powerful things he said. That's actually what my now that looking at it, that's what your squiggly notes. Yeah, stop, (laughs) stop competing on all that stuff and start. Yeah, 
Bro, love. We can pretend. <laughs> we can pretend like we're still in physics, and you can copy my notes. Right later. on, right on. So, I didn't sleep to this one though. Yeah, that's true. All right. So yes, I mean that's and again, it was the it's kind of the theme, but it was it was a real big takeaway, mm-hmm. especially with what I've been with what I've been looking into and rabbit trails I've been following. Yeah, to, like one of my one of my favorite things he dug into, and it's to the point of that quote. Really, uh, he got into the Greek in in. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that love, you know, these love remains, right? It's hupomeno. And he was talking about that. And I'd never really heard it described the way he described it, but it's it's almost like a military term. Mm-hmm. Like you stand, you remain. Even when, when circumstances around you get to the mm-hmm. point where everyone else is retreating, you remain, right? Your mm-hmm. faith, your walk, your love, you remain. I love that. The image of that is just so powerful and we really need to apply that. Mm-hmm. Is that all you had? There was something, there was a quote that the, the last speaker said during one of his, during one of his raps and it's too garbled in my notes for me to see. I mean, look at this. Can you this give is, us a basic concept? This is terrible. <laughs> see this. The, last li- the last was, line. This looks like Greek. Did you write this in, in a different language? <laughs> to be, to be fair. Oh man. I, I wish wrote, I could show this to you listeners. This is the the worst okay. I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> it is terrible. And I should remember it better, but no, I just think it was, you know, like the, I don't remember the, the and I know I'm rambling again. I got a lot to fit in. You get it. It's a podcast. Um, We're supposed to ramble. I think. Right. Part so of the, the, I, and I can't remember exactly who, I think it was Tim or John Smith that was talking about the generational, Yes, um, the generational curses. Curses yes. that yeah that we that we carry and, and how to break so those right on. And you know, and so basically you know living living such a way where you break the the curse and you bring your kids up right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You set the good example. You break of, the chain. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Give the curse to him, give it to him to break the chain, tell the curse it stops with you. Yep. yep. Done. It, that was cool. That was one of my confirmations, actually, because Steph and I had just talked about generation, generational curses like the night before. And then he mm-hmm. brought that up just out of nowhere. I'm like, wow, that's right. that's awesome. Because you don't honestly you don't hear Christians talk about generational curses often. No, they honestly I think most Christians treat it almost like a superstition type thing. But it's mm-hmm. a very biblical concept. Right. And it's very real. And there's there's even a spiritual component to it. And it is important that we acknowledge that it's it is a real thing. And it is something that we need to to confess and, and give to God for him to break it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're basically, and the, the, the takeaway of it was if you're struggling with, with your parents, then inevitably you push that off on your kids mm-hmm. and then yeah, it becomes it, theirs. It becomes their problem. So yeah. Yeah. Right, so you Ronnie, what do you got for us? Um, I quickly, I just time. got a, a couple of things. Um, Dan, Mears, um, you're not here to change the world. You're just here to make an impact. Yeah, I like that too. Mm-hmm. And then John Smith had the what baggage are you holding so you can forgive somebody for holding other baggage. Yes. And I think you know why that hit me so yep. hard because I, I suggested that forgiveness topic for broken record because it, it was it's just heavy on me. Yeah. It's just really and heavy on me. And it's been heavy on me too. It was so cool that he brought that up in the way that he did. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. And then um, Skip Hall, which I think you wrote this down to, is uh, keep focus and the audience of one. Yes. 
Yeah, you saw me post about that a couple of times. Yeah. I love that. But I had it in my, like, it's here in my notes, so I had to throw it out there. And then Tim's was all about choice. So you choose to give, mm-hmm. not that you have to, because like he alluded to, like I talked about, he said he so loved the world that he gave his only son. Yes. And then that was the point where I thought he was going to highlight that a little more and go deeper into it than what he did. But he really didn't need to. Like, Yeah, that says you, it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you know, not I have to do something. You choose to do it. And the more often times that you do it for the right reasons, then it becomes the muscle memory and you're just doing it for the right reasons instead of not doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not so self-indulgent then yeah like what do i get out of it i know i missed a couple but i think those are the main points of it yeah um small con of the con of the conference um i think the fellowship togetherness for me was limited more limited than what i wanted to Mm -hmm. like yeah we're all there for the same reason but like I would also like to talk to you guys too, like in between things or and everybody. Like, that, yeah, that would have been my biggest complaint is not having yeah. opportunity to really like, you know, yeah. be there with you guys more than just with you guys. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. If yeah. that makes sense, in the same room, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. They 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 kept a tight schedule. Yeah, there wasn't and, a whole lot of room to to in between speakers. And to be or, honest, like I could have been a blubbering idiot or more so than normal because i needed time to process of what i was listening to anyway yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i don't you know i think that it would have helped to process to talk to other people you know this thing you know what did you get out of this like did you hear him say that you know what i mean it, just, it would have been nicer because honestly and i'm, I'm not going to get into it here because it's something i'm going to bring up at our our broken record episode tonight do you know what you're going to title that the forgiveness episode yet not yet yeah i don't know what that's going to be called but you know listen to that one it's it's the one we're doing on forgiveness but one of the most impactful moments for the entire conference for me was a discussion i had with brandon in the lobby outside of the conference Mm -hmm. and you know and that's why i kind of wish that we'd had more opportunity for that kind of stuff Mm because he he said something to me that hit me as hard if not harder than every every speaker that was there yeah and i wouldn't have had that conversation had it not been for the conference and the specific topic of the conference that led to the conversation is exactly what i needed yeah but mm-hmm. teaser go over to broken record <laughs> yeah. ministries if you want to hear that story um, so dang. see that talks about my first topic is self-promoting like i don't want to talk about no it. no no <laughs> we're doing god's work over there it's good <laughs> is that all you had yeah that's it well i had three i have tons of notes as Chris already alluded to, and I'm not going to go through all yeah. this. It'd take us an entire episode just to go through my notes. And, Maybe I will we'll say, do that and I will say this, that like my notes are sloppy because I, I have a tendency that if I stop and write, I miss what's going on. And I was like, I was enthralled. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so I'm like, that was the hardest part about taking you know, the notes. Yeah. Is, Cause yeah, I missed that 40 day thing. I, I almost wish, I almost wish like there was like some way to get like, like a recording of it. Mm-hmm. So then I can stop it and go, Oh yeah, that's, I do remember that and kind of 
process it a little deeper, but maybe we'll have a bonus episode sometime in the next in the next few weeks where we really like unpack everything that, you know, right. that we wrote down about the conference for those of you listening that maybe you can get something out of it because, you know, that was like the one just, you know, there are things that, you know, I wish Steph could have gone, you know, if it yeah. hadn't been a men's only conference, really, there wasn't anything super male centric about the message, you know, she would have got a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my daughter would have got a lot of that. And I'm sure that some of the, those of you listening, you know, can get a lot out of, out of some of the things that we can discuss that are takeaways from the conference. So I yeah, think yeah. that would be a good discussion to have just, you know, an, un, an untethered yeah. discussion on it and we can go point by point. But as far as just the three biggest takeaways, I have two from the conference and one, it was a, a wild on the nose confirmation immediately after the conference. And I do want to share that. But as far as like quotes, I think my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes, but the one I'm going to point to was from uh, Michael Porter. And he was talking about his daughter being pregnant mm-hmm. and about how she could just, how do you say it? She can just drop anytime. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Something crude. And he said, he said, she didn't get pregnant by reading a book about sex. It took intimacy for that. And he connected that to our intimacy with God. It's got to go beyond just head knowledge about God. At some point, it's got it's got to translate over to an intimate relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Man, that was so powerful. And it, you know, he followed that up. I believe he followed it up with a uh, with the statement that uh, how do you say it? I'm going to butcher this probably if I don't find it. He said, "I'm just going to paraphrase it." He said, "God is in the business of." humans flourishing but we have to be walking with him mm-hmm. and you know you guys know that that's been really on my heart a lot recently is how how we walk with him how he leads us how he how he even pre-plans our steps for us mm-hmm. you know which you know backing up just a minute but to what you talked about with tim tebow and those two times where he experienced a game where everything lined up to 316 do you realize the logistics of what God had to had to do behind the scenes to plan every single action and step by every single player on that field and every single coach so it lined up perfectly twice for for all those numbers to line up to 316 that's mind-boggling right when you really think about that he can yeah. do that for any of us he wants to do that for us right but he wants us to trust him with it too mm-hmm. so i think that was that was one of my favorite just you know, phrases, you, you have a look like you want to add something. I just figured out my last line cause it was from the same guy. I will pause cause I'm in between my points. To go right. ahead. <laughs> Sorry. It's he, he mentioned that, you know, that God puts things in motion every day and all it takes for us is to follow. Him. That's great. Yes. Yeah. And that's exactly to that point. I love it. Mm-hmm. As far as like, I think the most, the most important takeaway for actual practical applicability was Skip Hall's five E's of mentoring. Mm. I loved it. I, have those I e- loved that. Exactly what, the reason I went and bought his book. Yeah. was just for those. It, and the five E's are, number one, encourage. Number two, educate. Number three, edify. Number four, exhort. Number five, example. And that comes from his book, Coach Up, Not Down. Another phrase that I just absolutely love. Coach Up, Not Down. And that, that to me, the reason that was so impactful, I think, is because we've had it in our, on our heart. We've talked on the podcast about love and truth, having all love and all truth. I just mentioned it in this episode. That defines it perfectly, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Those five E's. Encourage mm-hmm. one another. Educate one another on, on, you know, on his word, on what's expected from you. But do it in, in like it, that first he says, in an encouraging and loving way. Edify. Build each other up in what we're, in what we're teaching each other and what we're, what we're learning. 
exhort one another, encourage people when they're doing the right thing, right, mm-hmm. to to continue in it and point out when they're going astray. Be that fail safe. Right. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. that's essentially what exhort is an example. Lead by example. That's perfect. I think, you know, I we all need to be like really evaluating that and seeing, you know, am I walking that out? Because I think yeah. we all need to be. It was so good. That was, I think that was my favorite actual takeaway from the conference. What are the five E's? Yeah. And as far as my third, that really obviously hit me pretty hard. Right. Mm-hmm. It was, that's my number one takeaway. So, you know, I'm, I'm very self-critical, right? Very self-critical. What's the look for? Chris has given me the look. Just our conversation we had at the coffee shop about when you were editing. I said, <laughs> I said you, you, you obsess over stuff that people would be like, eh. but it's, I think it's one of the things where this is for you. It's, it's more than just a labor of love. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's, it's what you're doing to glorify him. So you, you put extra, you put extra into it. Right. And it shows. And it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. It it's good to be, you know, to 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 evaluate yourself. Right. But it also gives the enemy an occasion to to build guilt. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, you know, really on the way home, I wasn't really expressing it to anyone, but I'm you know, you mentioned that the overall their official theme was encouragement. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job of exemplifying that, I think. But that's what I was really kind of in the back of my mind thinking, is that me? Right. Am, am I somebody that encourages? Do I do I apply these five E's or am I just a clanging symbol? Am I just am I am I too excessively critical? Am I am I a jerk? How do people view me? You know what I mean? Am I really right. walking out this faith thing? Well, and when I got we got back because I rode back with with Mike and them. So we rode we all rode separately. But I got back to the to the church and uh, the pastor's wife came out. And she's like, you know, Carl, can I talk to you for a minute? Like, oh, great. What did I do wrong? Did I get in trouble? Straight to the principal's office. Oh, yeah, office. right to the yeah. principal's office. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. No, I didn't say it like that. <laughs> I didn't really yeah. think I was in trouble. She wanted to talk to me about something. And I went in and she was like, you know, I almost texted this. But she's like, my phone keeps keeps messing up when I text. So I just thought I'd, I'd tell you face to face. Now, keep in mind, she knows nothing about this conference. Nothing about the theme. Nothing about what it was about. She hadn't talked to any of us about it at all. And there's this this guy at the the, we call it the community kitchen. It's sort of like a soup kitchen, but not really we provide meals to whoever you know meals fellowship whatever it's just a it's a community outreach program essentially for for those of you listening unfamiliar with it but there's a guy there that's he's come in ever since i've been volunteering there his name's jeff uh he's a homeless guy and he's got he's got a rough past he's you know trying to turn his life around and trying to get back with god mm-hmm. right it's very clear that's what he's what he's trying to do uh, he's a rescue story right i don't think he i think he's a guy that hasn't caught a break his entire life Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's trying to catch a break from God. So I've, you know, I've talked to him quite a bit and I'm not boasting it. Like, don't take this wrong. This isn't me puffing myself up, but I think this is an important example of why, why we need to be applying this, right? This, this encouragement and these five E's. And she was like, you know, I got a chance to talk to Jeff for about an hour today. And she was like, you know, he was talking a lot about his faith walk and God, which is so great to hear. Like if, you know, I know I'm kind of rambling because I'm excited. I'm excited to see what God's doing in this guy's life because I've seen a complete transformation right before my right. eyes from from the way this God from the way this guy was a few months ago to the way he is now. Total night and day. And he was talking about some of the other people there, and he was like, "You know that young guy that comes in? His wife goes to the to the kickboxing dojo sometimes. She's like, "Yeah, Carl." 
he's like, I'm not good with names. I apologize. She's, he's like, I just want you to let him know he's been a re his words. He's been a real encouragement to me. And it's been really important. It's been, it's been real vital in getting me to where I am. So I want you to let him know. And she told me that encouragement. Isn't that wild? Right. Like so how the only thing that he got wrong was the young guy. I'm kind of young. I'm <laughs> younger than you. Right. Uh, I know. <laughs> Everybody's younger than me here. Yeah, I'm not that young. I'm 36, so I'll be I'll be transparent about that. But yeah, I look young, I guess. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, right on. No, yeah, that's... Especially the inner turmoil that you had on the ride home. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. Worrying about whether or not that's me, and it's almost like God's way of saying, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you were trying you're to, on the mark. You were trying to uppercut yourself. Yes. Yeah. And then... Here comes God with a haymaker, a good haymaker, saying yeah. like, hey, yeah, look. I think that's where, you know, he sometimes, he allows us to see our seeds when we need to. In that situation, you you needed to hear that. Yep. Yeah. That was you actually that gonna, confirmation. I'm glad you said that because that was exactly, that was going to be, you know, what I shared for the, what I hope the takeaway is for whoever's listening to this is the seeds planted matter. Sometimes he'll let you see evidence of the growth. Sometimes you won't keep planting anyway, mm -hmm. keep transplanting anyway, keep, keep being mindful of the person right in front of you, how important it is that you smile at them, that you share your testimony with them. If given the opportunity that you just show them you care. Sometimes that's the most important. I think with this guy, I think that's the most important thing. Just seeing somebody that genuinely cares that not, not to be crude, but genuinely gives a damn. Cause I think he's been surrounded by people his entire life that don't, right. that just don't care. Right. Or they don't trust or they just they hold his past over his head, you know, and the only difference between me and him. Well, you know, there there are some things there, but, you know, for, for most of us, let's be real. The big difference between us and somebody like that is we didn't get caught. Yeah. We did plenty of things wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? And all sin yeah. separates. We're all guilty. Yeah. Doesn't matter what we've done. You can put it on a scale all you want. But your sin separates mm -hmm. and we all need him. That was actually, I wasn't going to mention this, but but to that point, that was probably one of the most powerful stories I heard at the conference was that story Tim Tebow told about doing the prison ministry. Mm -hmm. And man, that hit like a brick, didn't it? Yeah, that it was did. he. You know, just to I'm not going to give. Well, I will. You know, just to kind of do it quickly. He was doing prison ministry on death row. And man, I couldn't imagine doing prison ministry on death row. That's that that takes some huspa. Mm -hmm. and they brought him long story short they brought him over to the suicide watch and they got to the last guy there and he had what did they say just a just a few days before had killed another inmate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think you know i don't know the circumstances that that <laughs> realistically could have been self-defense we don't know yeah. but I think he killed somebody yeah i'm thinking it's important to note that they were on their way out the door and they noticed they, that they, i forgot they, about his that. buddy noticed it and they were like they were being called down that down into that ward yes you're sorry. right sorry no, i didn't I'm mean to interrupt that's important yeah no i'm glad you mentioned that because yeah they were gonna leave and then then something pulled them in that direction and you said like the first three cells they got nowhere mm -hmm. this was the very last guy they were going to talk to the entire day they were there and that's where they were told this guy's rough right this guy's real rough and i think it was almost the officer's way of giving them the heads up that you know don't expect great things here right. you know because yeah. there's there's probably not a lot of chance and Tim said that he gets up to the glass. It's, you know, small, small, you know, opening in the door. I know what he's talking about because I've worked in a prison, but it's, it's a big metal door with a big padded room on the inside. And the, the, there's like a, a, a small, probably 
five inch by five inch window to look through that's real thick plexiglass, right? And mm-hmm. it's usually kind of fogged up because they're filthy normally. But uh, so he gets his face peered up and he can hear the guy shuffling over to him because he's in a straight jacket and everything so that he can't kill himself, right? And he said the guy presses his face up against the window and I know what he's describing. There's no way the guy could have recognized who he was. Even if he knew who Tim Tebow was, guarantee you he didn't recognize through the glass the way he was describing how he had to press his face up and block out the light and everything and he said the first thing the guy said was you're a christian and tim's like yeah and i'm here to tell you that jesus loves you and the guy he said broke down crying and just collapsed on the floor and after he gets done crying he gets up and he gets back up to the glass and he taps on the glass and he says hey i want to tell you that i was just praying a few minutes ago for the first time in a very long time. And I told God, you've never been there for me. You've never been there. I haven't caught a break my entire life. But I need you, if you're real, if you're up there, I need you to show up. And just a few minutes later, Tim Tebow walks up to the glass and he said, that's why I said you're a Christian because I knew he answered me. Man. And then he led him to Christ. Yeah. Then that, I'm telling you, if that's a Manasseh story. Man, if God mm-hmm. can reach that guy, if God is willing to reach out to that guy, there's nothing you've done that take that carries you so far away from God that he can't reach you to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a powerful story. I was gonna go into the the question that I had, but I think that's a pretty good place to start wrapping it up. I'll give it to you guys and see if you have any final thoughts on the conference or anything else that you wanna that you wanna add. And then I think we'll just wrap this episode up and I'll, I'll ask that question I had for you guys the next time I have both of you on. Dang, I can't prepare for class. Did you? <laughs> well, bring your notes next time, uh, I guess. Yeah, my, the, the notes I took for this one are a little bit, see, they're a little bit neater. I'll just force Ronnie to come again in, in a week <laughs> yeah. or two. and Bash him late, late like normal. Well, I don't matter. You could do uh, a, a second segment with us. It'll be uh, good. Um, no, I mean... Nothing, nothing to crack open now. I you know, I have some things, but they're they're a couple hour long discussions, so <laughs> we'll save them. Um, I did do. I know we talked about last time. I did do more research on the 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 water to clay, and that is a thing. You can more to come on that, but okay, I'm can, excited about that. You can rejuvenate years old dried up clay with just soaking in water so 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 keep that in your notes because i want to do an entire episode on the on the significance of the bread of life and the living water and we'll have a discussion on that for sure that'll be a good one i'm excited for that yeah so yeah that's that's all for me signing off (laughs) handing it over i guess (laughs) i don't i think we hit on a lot of stuff that i was going to hit on anyway um i really I've been, like I said before, like you guys, it was your first Christian conference. And like this was, I've been to several men's conferences, youth conferences, and I like it for the simple fact of God knows when I'm starting to, that fire starting to fade a little Mm -hmm. bit. And then the conference time place speakers whatever and then it sparks me right back up Mm -hmm. right so that way he knows he knows my actions he knows my habits and then 
it's the, it comes at the right time and then boom, I'm sparked up and flames are happening again. Yeah. And this isn't the only time that that's happened. So, right. Well, it goes back to community. Yeah. Put the, put your community around you. Yeah. Absolutely. The the enemy is going to spend every ounce of effort that he can, especially if you're somebody who is fully committed to God and willing to go where he calls you. He's going to spend every ounce of effort he can to blow that flame out. Mm-hmm. I promise you, if you're if you're willing and you're asking God, send me. If you're if you're giving that Isaiah prayer, hit a niche like a knee. Here I am, send me. The enemy is going to take notice of that, and you're going to get attacked. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. So it's why it's so important to be surrounded by like-minded believers fail-safes, mm-hmm. they can keep that fire sparked for you. Not that yeah. they spark it for you, but it helps. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you fan the flames for one another, it keeps it vibrant, keeps yeah. it strong. Right. You know, it's really hard to fan your own flame. Yep. I think it's, for me, it's an isolation thing. Like, if I get to a point where I'm thinking, well, I'm the I'm the only one doing this, so what's it even matter? I tend to go there a lot. And I think things like this, seeing on that scale, you know, it's, it's eye opening. Yep. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut in front of you, Carl. No, you didn't. <laughs> that all you guys got? Yep. In my final thought, I'll just give a quote that Tim Tebow gave, that I think is a, is a good one to end on. He said that if we're part of the rescue story, we need to be part of the rescue team. He said, don't just say yes to Jesus. Say yes to a mission-driven life for him. I love that. I love that. We need to be willing vessels for him. That's all I've got. To those of you on the other side of the mic, thank you so much for listening and including us in your day. Before you go, if you want to help us out, don't forget to follow our podcast, leave a positive review, and click the bell icon to be notified whenever we upload new episodes. Also, feel free to join us on social media. And share any feedback, questions, or discussion ideas you might have there. Links are in the description. Additionally, if you just can't get enough of mine and Ronnie's voices, search for the Broken Record Ministries podcast for more content for your ear holes over there. And as always, we pray that what we're doing here is a blessing to you, as well as a light pointing only ever to him. This has been that Fully Faith podcast, encouraging you to keep your feet steady upon the path, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, and pursue that Philly faith. Until next time, chill out. God bless. See you later.